Welcome to Sporting Classics TV Podcast, powered by the Ram 1500, built to serve. Welcome back to another Sporting Classics TV Podcast. I'm with Chris Dorsey, and Chris, we're taking a look at one of the many hunting slams out there, but this one doesn't get as much love as maybe the sheep <laughs> slam, but it's the quail slam. Yes, the overlooked quail slam. You know, quail are just great gamers, aren't they? You think of quail, most people think of Bob White quail in the south, and, and uh, I think entire forests have been cut to print books about Bob White quail hunting and, and Havilah Babcock and Buckingham and, and so many great writers that have spent so much time and, and done wonderful stories about the romance of Bob White quail hunting and the plantations in the south and, and all of that. And, and I tell you what, once you flush wild bobwhite quail, a covey of wild bobwhite quail, and you watch them just evaporate into cover, I mean, it's a, it's a take your breath away moment. I mean, it starts with the nerve wracking dog on point and, and you're getting nervous right there. You're trying to pick out, you're reminding yourself, focus on one, focus on one, right? The whole subterfuge of a covey rise is designed to confuse a predator and that predator could be two-legged or four-legged. So as soon as that covey comes up and those birds are crossing, it's just one of those, you gotta stay focused, get that first shot off, go to the second bird. Yeah, yeah, right, you tell yourself that. And then the covey comes up and it's just this mayhem and, and you just laugh. And then at the end of the day you go, that's why we hunt Bob White Quail. We hunt them for those, those moments, that bit of magic of a covey rise. And, and uh, yeah, it's, it's endearing. But you know, there's a lot of quail in our wondrous continent. I think there's six species. We've got, uh, you go out west and you've got California or valley quail, which are beautiful. They've got a little black top knot and they, they run scurry through the cactus and, and the choya and, and uh, oak brush out there. So they're, they like to run more than a bobwhite quail, so they're more challenging that way. They live in habitat that's tougher on dogs. I used to run my setters when I lived in in California, I'd run them out there, and, and they, you know, we had to put boots on them, and they didn't like the boots, but they liked the choya less than the boots and the cactus, so uh, so it was still good for them. And, and we'd get into the birds, and these things would, they would run, and you'd have to run after them. It was sort of combat hunting for, for quail, and then you go, you go a little bit east, and you've got gambles quail, and which kind of looks like a valley quail. looks like a little, maybe slightly bigger version of a of a California quail, and they're runners as well, but beautiful birds. And, and then you've got Mern's quail or Montezuma quail, which have the wig on, and they're just gorgeous little birds. That's one of the birds I haven't hunted. I was gonna go this year, we got weathered out, unfortunately, because I've really wanted to get after Mern's quail, because they hold like a bobwhite quail. They'll, the covey will, will sit for a point and, and behave nicely, and, and so really kind of the, the gentleman bob of the West, if you will. Then there's, there's scale or blue quail, which really run as well. I've hunted those in West Texas, and, and they're like chasing a purse snatcher. I mean, they're just flying through the cover, and you really have to break up the covey and then hunt the singles from there, because otherwise that covey is just scurrying, and, and as fast as you can run, they can run faster. And then there's the mountain quail. And I've, uh, I've hunted mountain quail, I've not taken a mountain quail. I, in fact, I was hunting with uh, Sporting Classics writer Jameson Parker, an old friend of mine, the actor, and, and we were hunting in, in the central part of California. And, and uh, I think he and his, uh, his poodle pointer had flushed two quail that I wasn't sure exactly what they were at first. Then as they got a little bit closer, they kind of came across the draw by themselves that he was on the next draw. 
And I'm like, oh, God, those, that's the holy grail. It's a mountain quail. It's a, whatever you do, don't miss. Boom, boom, two shots. Didn't bust a feather. And, uh, you know, we never caught, a, caught up to another one. You know, those are the only two I've ever had a shot at. And of all the birds to miss, of all the shots to miss, now it wasn't exactly the easiest shot, but it's still a shot. I'd probably make 90 out of 100 times, and, and I whiffed on both of them. But, but that's a big quail. That's like a chucker-sized quail with a giant top knot, stunningly beautiful, barring on it. I mean, gorgeous birds. But there's, you know, there's, for me, it's all about the dogs, too. You know, the dogs that are hunting these birds make it, you know, all part of the adventure. And, and the different terrain that they live in, you know, you get the mountain quail above four or 5,000 feet and in real elevation, sometimes, you know, big trees, sometimes just heavy brush. And, and then you got the cactus environment of these Southwest quail. And then you got the gentleman Bob in, in the Southeast in Texas. And I've hunted wild quail in Texas, which is very different than the wild quail in say South Georgia or South Carolina, just because of the, the habitat, very different habitat, no pine trees, obviously in, sure. in uh, South Texas. So, but they're all great. They're all great gamers. They're fun to shoot. And when they get out as a covey, man, that's magical, just magical. Is the pageantry of the Bob White hunts in the South, is that just kind of unique, though, to Bob White? Yeah, you know, it's a funny story. People think, well, you know, this is something that evolved from Southerners doing this on their plantations. But actually, what it really was, was these Yankees coming out of Ohio and Pennsylvania and New York who were wintering down in Florida, but they were stopping on their way in Georgia and and uh, South Carolina, places like that, to hunt quail before they spent the rest of the winter down in, in Florida. And they finally said, you know what, this is so much fun, why don't we just stay here? So they started buying up plantations and started managing for wild bob white quail. And, and it's really one of the most expensive birds in the world when it comes to what does it cost to produce a wild bob white quail? Um, because they're so intensely, in, intensively managed on wild quail plantations. Now you can do put and take and there's really good put and take birds now that that fly very well uh, but they're not wild birds and there is a difference that if you've hunted wild quail you know there's a difference between even the early released you know good birds that are, are put out which are, are great birds to hunt but that wild bird is just signature. Sure there's so many just big beautiful trophies in the world of hunting but that little quail can humiliate an experienced shooter more than just about any other critter I've seen. Well, and they've become something of a currency. You know, if you've got wild bobwhite quail on a plantation, you've got something very few people have. Sure. And, and so the value of that ground is, is consequently worth a hell of a lot more than, than plantations that don't have wild birds. So it's, it's, uh, it's even more than that. You know, it's, yeah, it's a magical bird. It's, there's a romance behind the, the wild bobwhite quail. And there's a great little book called uh, For a Handful of Feathers. Guy de Lavaldine wrote it. And, uh, and it's really a great story about how he took a piece of property and he poured his soul into managing that habitat. But in the process, it's sort of the, the almost the modern day equivalent of, of a Sand County Almanac. And it's a great read. It's a fun read. And, and uh, anyway, it's, it's that speaks to the draw, the allure, the magic of this little six ounce bird. I'll check it out. It's Tom McGuane's fishing buddy. That's right, that's right. They used to hang out and fish together in Key West and places like that. Yeah. Thanks for the tip. You bet. Thanks for your time. It's Thanks a good for read. This has been Sporting Classics TV podcast powered by the Ram 1500, built to serve. 
Follow Sporting Classics with Chris Dorsey on Instagram and Facebook at Sporting Classics TV.